0: Today's podcast is brought to you by the new HBO series, Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons. The new show will feature intimate conversations with compelling guests from the worlds of pop culture, sports, entertainment, the arts, and technology. Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons will also include field segments and Simmons' signature commentary on current events. Make sure to watch Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons, premiering Wednesday, June 22nd at 10 p.m. on HBO. We're also brought to you by our new website, theringer.com presented by Miller Lite. Go now and check out the latest in pop culture, sports and tech at TheRinger.com. And last but not least, I want to mention our presenting sponsor, SeatGeek, the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. Other sites have gone back to that same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging huge fees at checkout. But at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a good deal all right from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Welcome to the Unnamed Rigger Wrestling Podcast. Next week, after Money in the Bank, the official naming the podcast classic tournament begins <laughs> there will be a 16 name bracket uh i'm sitting in a room here with my good friend dan saint germain and the entire ringer podcast committee uh who are just all staring at us strangely i was saying I'm, I'm so excited there's a desk this time there's a table i know the last time dan was here we had two rolly chairs yeah. and uh there's like a Oh my God! Yeah the 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 ringer the ringer podcast team is taking over the world. It's yeah. a new world order. The um yeah it's a much better studio now and uh, and we have so many exciting wrestling things to talk about at early oh, early on Tuesday morning.
1: Well, we should start out. I just want to start out by saying like I got so because I thought when you said let's watch the first Money in the Bank 2010 right I, I, I thought you meant the whole. 2010 pay-per-view <laughs> and but you actually meant the first Money in the Bank match I mean just the match and, and man you would have saved us three hours of one of the worst pay-per-views like, it was such a bad the 2010 First Money in the Bank pay-per-view was so rough and I, I'm not one of these guys who shits on like wrestling all the time no, but it I was ne- it was rough. it was really
0: bad. So, I mean, for for anybody that doesn't understand, we've been going back with I've been going back with my guests and watching some sort of flashback match or show every every week in preparation to have some little side discussion and and I was like, "Well, Money in the Bank is coming up. Let's watch the first Money in the Bank and just just did 2010 because it was the first pay-per-view yeah. and then you really undersold it. At some point over the weekend, I just texted you and I was like, sorry, buddy, I screwed up. We should really have watched the 2005 Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania. <laughs> and then I felt really terrible. So I
1: watched both as well. <laughs> it was rough. That one was, I mean, that it, it was almost like you see that pay-per-view and you're like, oh, I get C- what CM Punk was talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what the like whole paper was What the pipe to bomb be. was in, re- in reaction to? It was that pay per view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, it's funny because there's there. It's easy to ha- you could like turn that on and like you know clean up your apartment and it wouldn't seem that bad. You know, right? It's, at any given like the difference between bad wrestling and good wrestling is about ten percent. Yeah. But uh but yeah the the bat, like if you just sit down and make yourself watch it you're just your eyes start bleeding after a while. It was it was really tough. That was a tough pay-per-view
1: to watch. I mean it was it was like right right before C, like the main event was Cena versus Sheamus. Can we talk should we talk about this now or no? Nah, let's just go We're, right in, man. Uh Cena versus Sheamus in a steel cage match and it was like this bizarrely like it did not advance the story at all cuz the the Nexus thing was happening where the Nexus
0: invaded uh, WWE, and that was a, that was the one really cool storyline that year. Yeah, and, and that they, was like that was the the peak Nexus moment too. Right. I mean it was like all the original members were there. Yes, and they were already starting to ruin it. Like because yeah. at the end of that, at the end of the
1: um, Nexus is supposed to be this really like almost like a rabid NWO, you know, where they're going in and they have you know they're sure. just like destroying everything, and it's Sheamus first John Cena, and I thought. The funniest thing about it was there's supposed to be this, like, intense, rabid anarchy group, and then they get there, and they totally respect the authority of the referee.
0: Yeah, this is after strange. they've just, like, you know, choked out ring announcers. Can I, can I say something about that? Like, that's... I, I was watching Raw this week, watching that, uh, the, the tag team match between Del Rio and Owens versus the Lucha Dragon, yeah. which was very, like... Uh, like, like Like, quietly, very, very good match. But the reason, I've always said that Del Rio is one of my favorites because when, when the camera's on it, when he doesn't need to be in the moment, he's always in the moment right yeah, i mean just like the camera's on the like he he has the guy in a in a submission hold the camera's on the guy and and del rio is still just like doing all the hand gestures and stuff kevin owens is better at him than that kevin owens might be the most despite looking like a like a chubby guy yeah. he's the most naturally gifted professional wrestler i think in our lifetimes because yeah. th- this goes to what you were saying there was a moment where Del Rio was out of the ring. He got not he he was he was prone on the floor. He was about to get counted out and as you know they were like fighting for their to keep their spots in the money in the bank match. And Kevin Owens who going by the rules that have been established, you know, at least by proxy over the course of the years could just have gone over at any point and helped Del Rio up and like dusted off his back and helped him back into the ring. But he spent the first like eight counts of the 10 count outside the ring, just like frantically screaming at him like, Hey, you're going to get us, you're going to get us thrown out. (laughs) And then he walks runs over the last minute and tosses him in. And it, it, he was violating the rule, the, like the, like the hypothetical rules that are set forward. But he's so good at doing it that it made the moment a hundred times more compelling. But yeah. what, what you're talking about, I t- I remember watching that and having the same sinking feeling in my stomach. Is that like they don't the people doing this, the wrestlers, and God love them, they were all like 23 at the time, or they yeah. were very very fresh. They didn't understand why they were ignoring their or why they were they were like following the referees right they were just right. told to go out there and do this one thing they did it they went through the motions and they kind of went through the motions with a with an extra sheen of like gruff heel stick or whatever yeah yeah but like you gotta i mean like it's and and, and some guys spent 20 years in the business and never figure it out but kevin owens has it figured out you can do inane things all you have to do is commit to it and act the right way and it's and it can be really great
1: yeah well i think with that with that and you know like people who you know you go back and it was just bad storytelling with the Nexus. We're like, because like, so when they when they first, I remember how cool it was. When they first debuted and they destroyed the ring and they like left Cena in the middle of it, you're like, wow, this is in a lot of ways cooler than the NWO because you're like, you don't even know what these guys are going to do. But then to have a rep, because like, basically they're trying to like use wire cutters to get into the match with Cena and Sheamus and have a referee just take those, not wire cutters, uh, chain bolt Bolt cutters, cutters, sorry. The referee take it, and them just, like, seven guys with this tiny referee, and they're just like, what, what are you doing? And then the referee just, just goes away without them physically assaulting this guy. You're like, well, now we've completely... Lost respect for them as a credible opponent for Cena. Now that like a referee's pushing them around, you know. Yeah,
0: it's very weird. It's like if you've gone to the extent, if you've gone to the, if you've gone to the difficulty to get bolt cutters, you think you might kind of be at just like you're you're in like fuck you mode, right? Yeah, like, right, It doesn't exactly. matter who attacks you yeah. or who gets in your way. That's it. That, that's a really good point. And you can't bring bolt cutters on a plane. Like so, they had to get to that city.
1: Go to a Ace Hardware store, grab the bolt. You don't cutters. think the
0: WWE tour bus just pulls off at like at like Home Depot on the way to the <laughs> arena, so they can get their ladders and no, no, trash no, cans? Had, and they had to,
1: yeah, no, they had to rent a car. Yeah. Oh, right,
0: they're in their to, own yeah, vehicle.
1: Yeah, they, they have their own bus. They're not allowed storyline purposes to even use WWEs. Uh, hardware. Um, we
0: should we, like we let's circle back around yeah, to this. That, my, no, I totally. I, I'm, I'm I'm happy to talk still, about it. like I'm still smarting over watching the whole three hours. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was really rough. I apologize. Um, <laughs> listen, the the uh, I mean, I just got done watching Raw. I was up late. This is Tuesday morning. Recording this for people who are listening. I was up late with the Ringer crew watching the basketball game last night, and then yeah. uh, fell asleep watching Raw afterwards, and woke up and, and started cramming it in. Uh, the, the rest of it in this morning. I, Man, maybe it was because I was kind of speeding through it. I really enjoyed Raw this week. I thought it was a yeah, really I effective mean, go-home I, show. I, it was definitely,
1: uh, you know,
0: not as much uh, like
1: going up the ladder and grabbing the suitcases last week. Yeah, no, there were no promo. Helps. There were no
0: interview segments that just began with five people sitting on top of ladders.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I liked the... Um I mean, I liked, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to go through it beat by beat?
0: Not entirely beat by beat, but let's, Uh but the thing, I mean, I'll I'll mention a few things and you tell me what you think. Number one. It was probably one night only, but Corporate Kane was back. I mean, there, I don't think anything could have excited me more. It's
1: kind of fun that they're doing like GMs, yes, every week. GMs of, of GM
0: past. G- uh, do you think we're gonna see John Laurinaitis? We, is Johnny Ace gonna make? The I comeback? hope so. I, I wish. Is
1: Jack Tunney dead? Jack Tunney is dead. Nah, well, that was the one I was really looking forward to. Was, I
0: mean, but, but he Jack Tunney's whole thing was that he was the son of another Tunney, right? J- um, uh, what yeah. was his name? What was his dad's <laughs> name? Anyway, who do I want to see? Um, what's his name? The guy. Uh, I'm just saying there could be other Tunnies around that could that would, Jack Tunney Jr. Yeah,
1: yeah, Brian Jack Tunney Jr. That's who I want. He's like I, I feel like. Well, we have like <laughs> yeah. John, John Tunney was his dad. <laughs> we have multi generational wrestlers. We should have
0: multi generational. I mean, GMs. Stephen Steph Shane or Stephen Shane. No, not, that have not that they haven't not they haven't earned it with their lives, but they're. I mean, but they're. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so so Jack Tony probably won't be there. Mick Foley could always make a comeback. Mick Foley's definitely going to be one of the guys who comes. Um, well, then we. Ric Flair has a, a weirdly tor- I mean, has spent a long time or I mean a very significant period of time in a in a managerial role at WWE. And only
1: gave it up so he could fight the Undertaker at WrestleMania. See that 18. that's how to make a storyline work.
0: You know, yeah. like all these guys should want to be punching other guys in the face. And and if and if you're ready in a storyline, let like let that be the option.
1: Well. William Regal is so like so because I watched the ne- ne- NXT, NXT? pay per view. Oh, was that we NXT. should talk
0: about that. I totally Man, forgot to was touch awesome, on that. That last week. was such
1: an awesome pay per view, but William Regal is so good as a GM. He's so good, yeah. And and to watch like and, and it shows you like you don't have to have this evil authority figure to make really good wrestling. He's just a GM, and he totally sells the product. Like when they have. Uh, when they had what's his name walking at the end, the guy who was in TNA. Oh, uh, Rude. Rude. Dr. Rude. Walked into that room at the end, and you're like, oh, what is going on? It's this suspense. And it's not just Regal being evil. Like, he's also a member of the audience. Yeah. Like, what is this guy going, so, doing in here, too? So I, it's just, it shows you, like, we don't have to do the evil authority
0: figure yeah. every time. There can be a different type of authority figure. I, I, I agree. I mean, I guess the problem is that with NXT. Well, he's great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I and he and he, had a, he he was he was a GM in, in on Raw too, he right? He be Raw back um, as a GM for sure. But the uh but there there's a sort of like implication of implication that there is a gov that there is like a president of NXT above him. You know, that the, the Triple H exists, right? The, the, yeah. the McMahon's exist except that sort of like the 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 shoot versions of those people. Yeah. So the only reason why, I mean, one of the reasons why William Regal works is because you know that he's not actually the owner, right? And the owner is presumably sane and somewhere in a different city and and you yeah. know make and writing the checks and stuff. I guess I guess my whole point is like in WWE in like raw continuity, the highest ranking people in WWE are like abject lunatics. So there's no one they could put in charge that you would really trust <laughs> that would really that would be like well, like who's the a guy? scenarios? Uh, <laughs> maybe he him the guy who's like the financial
1: runs all. The- uh, Oh yeah, the guy that he's, runs
0: all the all the stockholder meetings. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the
1: only guy that people would be like, all right, he's boring
0: enough to fill that <laughs> <laughs> um, role. That's re- that, that's a really good call. I, I yeah, but I'm, I'm, I was happy to see Corporate Kane. Kane is one character that like. That's the first time anyone said that in three years. Oh man, I was so stoked to see him. I always liked Corporate only because Kane. like Shane uh, of uh, at his best moments, Corporate Kane or just unmasked Kane. Yeah, uh, can really like be in, inject a certain personality into the goings on in the backstage interviews that doesn't exist otherwise. He's a very unique skill set. Yes, right.
1: And he's a, and I think that if you're like a smart or whatever, like I am, you like hear all these glowing stories about him backstage. Oh, yeah. So you always want him to do. And you
0: know, I I think libertarianism is bullshit, and I still like <laughs> the guy. So you know, uh. um, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think that what that that like specifically Shane and Stephanie needed. They need someone to play off of. Yeah, you. Could, there were moments when there were the moment right when Kane walked in. I think you, Stephanie had a couple of just like. Like there were a couple of different looks Stephanie gave, where she like validated my opinion that she is the best actor employed by WWE. Like you she think has the best. She has some very. She is very natural. Like it with some of the stuff she did. Yeah. You know, About about seventy five percent of the time, just very very natural and compelling. Um yeah, she's, But she's and great. Shane Shane is getting his groove back. Shane, Shane like for the first couple of months. Was very awkward, you know. When he first made his comeback, he was just tripping, like, tripping all over his lines. Not a knock on the guy; no one, no one can come back cold and do what these guys, what you know, what the full timers do week in and week out. Um, but their their chemistry is sort of odd, especially backstage, where they, ha- they have they had this good in ring chemistry, Shane and Steph. Yeah, but you put them backstage, and they're suddenly like quiet and just playing to a much, you know, it's a much different volume, and their chemistry is a little bit off for me. I thought that Corporate Kane really like made. Like made made everything feel a lot more it, normal is the wrong word considering that we're talking about a demon with a suit on. But yeah, but you get what <laughs> I'm getting at there.
1: I almost I do wish that they had brought him back a little. Like he was one of the later GMs they're gonna bring back. Yes, just because it almost seems like corporate king. Like what well, he lost the corporate king character in probably what like November or something. Like that was it the hasn't of, been that long. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. So that that would be my only.
0: Criticism of it, but yeah, it was cool to see him back. And uh, here, here's what I guess my overall I liked it that Shane and Stephanie, I think I touched on this some last week, that Shane and Steph are fighting over SmackDown. Well, I guess this week there was a little bit of uncertainty, like, like Stephanie wouldn't let Shane take either show, you know, they're, they're yeah. kind of like quibbling over it. But I like the, the built in, this felt like a very, there's a lot of built in uncertainty in this episode of Raw, right? And this is one of them is we don't know what's going to happen. Like in years past, they would have just said, you know Shane's in, or Shane's in charge of Smackdown and it's the better show and just try to convince us of that. Now they're just kind of leaving it up in the air and and we don't we don't know which show they're pretending is the better show. We don't know if they're going to go all in on Smackdown or just let it continue to be the B show, you well, know. Well,
1: I I think like there's it seems like Smackdown now that it's on USA it, it could eclipse Raw. And I know that's a crazy thing to say, but like there's no reason that Monday night that Raw should do so much better than SmackDown when it's going to have to compete with football and, and like there's so many other things that could uh, take over the ratings that like SmackDown is a real opportunity to be on this or at least near the same level as Raw and it was when Paul Heyman was running it so yeah it would be cool to see it back it would be I mean a lot more work for you
0: every week but I appreciate you thinking about me there also <laughs> I think I think Meltzer reported this week that 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 in and not the not too distant future there are going to be two pay per views every month. Ugh. Yeah. See now, it's now, enough. now you see how I feel. The, it's uh, enough. Come
1: on, guys. We need to make stuff special.
0: Yeah, it's true. You I mean, we need it's, to make
1: stuff special.
0: That this is the re- it's the really weird. Ex- like it's, it's the it's the furthest it's the furthest reach of the brand split. and The part that really doesn't need to happen. You know, it, it's, it's just not like, bothers
1: me like. And I know you can't go back to squash mashes, but like Cesaro over Sami Zayn should be a bigger deal. Well, then it was a good. And that ending was a That ter- ending. I mean, I know, that, and we've seen
0: Ambrose Jericho a couple of times in years past, but. the The finish to that match, that main event match last night, was like a a cool pay per view finish spot that they could have saved for some point in the future. Like, not only are we seeing pay per view matches, and and don't get me wrong, I love, I, I kind of like, I really perked up when that happened on on Raw. but that like code into the dirty deeds little spot that they did like yeah. that could have been that could have been the like the closing moment or well of the semi main of any you know any pay per view in the over the past six months and it should like it was a cool little moment yeah um but yeah you're right I mean they they give away so much and then they they're gonna have so to f- much it's I think the weird thing is just gonna be the scheduling because like they've done they've they've been they've been towing this line between acting like WWE the like kind of the on the corporate side has been towing this line between sort of. Uh, pu- putting up the a front of like try of like getting all these new WWE subscriber I mean network subscribers and and sort of expanding the fan base and all this sort of stuff but really at the end of the day it's just a lot of consolidation of the hardest of hardcore fans Yeah, right I mean the only people who are going to be uh the only people who are going to be super interested in watching three hours, like on a pay-per-view weekend, three hours on Sunday, three hours on Monday, two hours on Tuesday, people all People who lives, drink
1: Mountain Dew or, Code Red for breakfast. Or
0: the but. people who are listening to this podcast, so shut the fuck up, Dan St. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But no, but yeah, I mean, it's the, it's only the most, it's, it's only the most like die-hard fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I like there, there are definitely. I mean, there are many weeks, there are many three day stretches where I will watch six, eight, whatever, seven or eight hours of wrestling. Like, that's not the strangest thing in the world, but to have your life kind of pres- like, the, like the exact times of sitting down and watching live and tweeting about it, you know, prescribed is, is sort of strange. But I do wonder what do you think is a weirder moment? Like, somebody
1: walking in on you on the eighth hour of wrestling, like. <laughs> Holding an empty whiskey oh, flask, wow. or yeah. like walking into a guy whose wife just left him, like looking at like photos of them. What do you <laughs> think is a more like unsettling? I was wondering how creepy that was going to get on the back end. <laughs> See, I didn't go totally like true detective or
0: something like that. This, mm. I think, this I brought it up last. Yeah, last year. my reference bank is low, guys. Um, no, I mean, there have definitely been some times when I would when I, when I had long weekends of wrestling where it was just sort of like, you know, I would like. Just say goodbye to my friends on a Thursday or a Friday or whatever. Check in with like, jean
1: Pierre Lafitte. Yeah,
0: tell my roommate not to bother like coming home for a couple of days. <laughs> don't, uh, don't come home. It's just she can like I like you know it's fine if you want to come home, but like I'm gonna be I'm, it's probably the, the it's gonna be an ugly scene in the living room. It's gonna look like some like Cheetos triage unit <laughs> going on. She's like yeah. you're watching the same in your house over and over yeah. again. Um, so, but so I guess just conceptually before we get too far away from this, is it. Let's just say you, you Dan Saint Germain, the the pinnacle of the of the fairly serious fan. Yeah, yeah. But, but not would, the guy who's going to watch. Not totally, but yeah. But you're not going to watch that. You're not going to just instinctively watch Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in a row of live live wrestling. I can't. So do you? If you if it's down between if somebody calls you on Sunday night and they say, Hey, we got to have dinner this week. Important thing. Monday or Tuesday, <laughs> you pick. Do you pick? Do you, which night do you go out on? Which night do you skip wrestling? I mean, right now, Tuesday, but like... No, but it, once, once it's once it's a live show that presumably is the end of the wrestling I gotta week. see how the draft goes, but... Oh, you care about the talent.
1: Yeah, I care about the talent. Probably, honestly, and this is like, because I like Stephanie's a character better than Shane, but probably maybe the one that Stephanie's not on just because then it won't have the evil authority figure and not every single
0: uh, story yeah. will
1: have her... Plugged in it, But I, I don't know. I mean, like, it took me a while to watch uh, NXT. And then, without a doubt, the most fun I had all week watching wrestling was watching the NXT pay-per-view. So, it just, it takes a while for something to be, for people to get into something.
0: I agree. I think, my, I, mean, I guess what I'm thinking about on a deeper level is, like, when I write a column after a pay-per-view... I'll be writing one I'll be writing my pr- a preview to money in well, the bank this I weekend on the ringer.com so, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I'll be writing some sort of recap next week um the ringer.com is the lovely website that that I'm sure everybody knows that I that I work for but the um, mm-hmm. But yeah, when I write my, I, I you know the, the pay per view will happen on a Sunday. I w- I have to wait and watch Raw because who knows what's going to change. You know, like I can't, I'm not going to put up a big essay on Monday afternoon and then have everything I wrote be ne- be negated by what happened Monday night. So I That's wait till okay. I wait till after Raw to yeah, write anything. Right, yeah. Now I'm waiting till after SmackDown, but we, assumingly assume, assuming that something interesting might happen because it's live. I think that if it was if it was up to me, I'd have to watch SmackDown just because it's 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 a continuation of the live storyline yeah and it'll recap raw but who knows because for so for so long now smackdowns just felt like house show tuesdays it's a it's been a very it's sometimes a very very good house show but yeah you're absolutely right uh you mentioned the nxt uh the end takeover the end show that happened this week so great right (laughs) oh my gosh let's talk about it uh, it was it was really good. I again, I missed that, I think, because of basketball. It's really working for a sports and pop culture website. You end up with a lot of social obligations that involve like watching basketball, which is, you know, I'm a, lot I'm a huge of, basketball a lot fan of not so. going outside for the mask, man. Oh yeah, I've not I've not been outside you in three weeks today, since I moved to Los Angeles. No, you might be <laughs> able to tell by my it's it's hard it's hard to believe it with like my, my mahogany tan. But uh, I've been inside <laughs> for a You long are time. Persian now. It's crazy. <laughs> I know a lot has changed since I moved to California, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is there? I mean, I, I don't I don't know how ba- how far back you want to go on this uh, on this card. I'll just run through the results and you right. jump in I if anything. Right. I saw anything. most of it. Uh, did you see Ty Dillinger versus Cien Amas? It almost no, as- I
1: did not. I saw the beginning of that, but I was also on my elliptical machine, not to brag, guys. So I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I didn't tell. I... Was ask. As, uh, I have the D'Angelo V now on my stomach. It's crazy. Remember yeah. The music oh, v? really? How does this feel? No, no it's, you gotta it's get still, some. You gotta get I some... I ate a whole uh... medium Papa John's pizza last night by myself <laughs> I watched her also now. A
0: medium is nothing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My last Papa John's experience, I was in Brooklyn actually writing... And uh, I went to a bar to, to write and then realized only as I was leaving that I didn't have my wallet. And I and luckily, my buddy was... was I mean, I was, I'm friendly with the bartender. Yeah. Uh, Danny, if you're listening, shout out to you. And so he was like, just pay me. Pay me next time. Not a big deal. But then I was planning on getting food on the way home, and I had no dollars. And at that point, at this point, it's like 1 in the morning. So I look on my phone, and I'm just like, what can I make happen? And I didn't want to wait for Seamless or for anything like that yeah. to show up. So I just looked for Seamless pickup, and the only thing... That I could find was a Papa John's that was like only just a mere two blocks out of the way, yeah. the and only so thing I just ordered myself
1: just Christmas music playing in the background. I know it's totally there's Mannheim
0: man- <laughs> Steamroller was blaring on my iPod, but the uh, <laughs> but the yeah no and I I walked home and got the pizza and I've never walked faster than to get that back to my room because once you smell it it's like crack man I just Ugh, can't so good and I it's, ate healthy all last
1: week I was so much better and then well then Sunday night I went. Out and I went, you know, cause I overeat now I don't drink or smoke anymore. So i I went to one of those sushi conveyor, but I saw a movie and then the sushi conveyor book place, and I'm just, I just keep pouring. I was like, who knows if the coming again, you know, like, <laughs> and, uh, and then I ate all that. And then the next day I got totally thrown off my schedule, but I'm back, baby. I don't know how this got really? back in. You're that. back? I'm it back doesn't to sound healthy. much like you're back. You ate a had pizza, two days had a pizza like a row, twelve two hours had, ago. I know, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm back.
0: You All know, right. I'm like a stockbroker who <laughs> has like a meth habit on the weekends. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's uh yeah. I know so many of those people. Um Cien Amos is uh was La Sombra in, in Mexico. He's a he's yeah. a really good like second or third Mexico. generation place, but he's like he's a, a second or third generation star. He's he's very good. It'd be it'll be interesting to see if I remember correctly, he was one of the one of the several Mexican wrestlers that was signed with a lot of fanfare, uh, and he's just recently been repackaged. And this might be this might be the look for him. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, Ty we, Dillinger is going to be the the he's I think he's going to get in better and better shape and get weirder and weirder hair and just continue jobbing in NXT for the rest of his life. But I, but he's, he's you don't uh, want to be the guy who jobs in the first match of a NXT. I'm show. not sure. I'm not. I think of all the places in the history of wrestling to be. NXT in Orlando is not a bad place. I no. think I think if Ty Dillinger never got called up, and he very well may get called up, but I think if he never did, uh, he, would, he would continue to be employed by them for like 15 more years.
1: I, I hope it's the Heath Slater thing for, you know, anybody. Yeah. I mean, Heath Slater's you, if you're not
0: going to be Heath Slater, wouldn't you rather be Ty Dillinger? Wouldn't, or wouldn't you rather be Heath Slater who just gets to live in Orlando and not spend all of his life on the road? I don't know, you're, yeah, you're a comic, be, maybe you like being on the road. Uh, at times, it really just depends on the weekend, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: because, uh, you know, if you have a good week, it's like the greatest if you're on the road and you have like a good weekend. Yeah. You know, you, If you're single, you meet like you get like a weekend girlfriend, you know what I mean? Sure. Like It's not just like a one night stand. You, this like, is my dream. Go like golfing like mini golfing. You're like, what is this <laughs> right now? And then it ends. It's a perfect relationship. It ends in like three days and then you, you're going out on the eat. It's, it's a fun time. But if you're, you know, I mean, if you're in Fort Lauderdale or doing the hard rock or something, you want to, you know,
0: put a gun in your mouth. It just, <laughs> yeah. it just depends on what, where you're at. You know? The Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I always have this like weird anxiety that every time I go somewhere, I'm going to miss the awesomest weekend in the city that I'm living in. Yeah, that's a weird anxiety. You don't, you don't have that. You're not just like, what if? What if everybody goes out? What if all my friends hang out in L.A. and it's the best? I don't have many friends, so no. Yeah, I'm yeah just- no, me neither. <laughs> me neither. In yeah. L.A., I don't know what I'm freaking out about. I mean, I
1: go, you know, like I go out with like two people usually. Like I went out with a friend two nights ago, and then I don't like. I'm not a big. Par- I don't drink anymore, so I'm not a big party guy anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, I don't not, not as much. Not as much. I'm not as nervous anymore. Um, I, I guess I used to be in college. I was. You know, it was like, oh my god! You know, we we that was the vodka Gatorade party. You missed it. <laughs> that
0: yeah, that, that would have been vodka that would have been Bull. terrible. Um, yeah, way by the, man, Red Bull really changed the game. Um, <laughs> the, the it was like when Dylan won Electric. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to get back to <laughs> NXT here. The revival against American Sorry. Alpha that that was sort of a weird, like the revival got the got the belts back. Um, yeah, I, th-
1: I actually kind of like that. Do you um, think it's
0: because they're going to be trading wins? Or do you think it's because it always has to be in the in the, in the the equation, like her American Alpha about to get called up? Maybe. I mean, I I, I it seemed like who's the guy who was, uh, and I always blank on his name, but the,
1: I mean, the ending of the match was the coolest. That new tag team. And then the <clears> dude <throat> who used to manage the uh, Road Warriors, right? Oh, yeah. That was, he looked so cool. Paul Ellering, that, yeah. Paul Ellering, sorry. That image of him like. Kind of dressed like whenever Bing Kingsley's a bad guy, you know he's got like the black turtleneck, <laughs> the the cool suit, and then the two guys who were matching right aside. And he didn't say anything. Yeah, I was like, this is, this reminded me. You know, I, I mean, it's not the same thing, but like when Lesnar came in and just like destroyed everyone in the ring, it kind of had that. Paul Ellering
0: may be the only rest I mean, the only wrestling manager in our lifetimes who hasn't just like. Who, who has kept the mystique up just who basically because yeah. he quit. I mean, he who disappeared. doesn't look like
1: he should be like sitting in a car dealership. Well, he
0: doesn't look like that. And he also didn't do the thing where like the Road Warriors left and he just stuck around for another year managing like, you know, like uh, whoever, Dangerous Danny Spivey or something like yeah. that. You know, like he he, he kind of like he was with the Road Warriors or he was just out doing whatever he does. I like do you those guys. He, I'm sure I'm sure it's a very I'm sure everyone knows this answer. But what do you think Paul ring's day job is? I don't know cuz he's definitely not getting paid like a living salary and
1: and I don't know how much these guys
0: make. All right. <gasps> I found a What Culture article entitled from one day ago entitled 10 things you didn't know about Paul Ellerig. Oh my god. I can't believe there's 10. Uh we'll see about this. Let's see. He set number ten. He set a deadlift power, or a deadlift world record. Well, I knew that. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, he know. was a serious lifter. He was a buddy of the Road Warriors before he got injured. I remember if, that, if I remember correctly, and uh, yeah. and that's how he became their manager. So he could have. Yeah. Been a wrestler. So number nine, he started out as a wrestler but retired uh, after a knee injury. It's crazy, though, the thing about the knee injuries because in that day and age, that's when, like, football players and basketball players would get the career ending knee injuries and then become wrestlers because the wrestling was the thing you could do with, like, yeah. you know, with, like, half of a ligament.
1: Not um, anymore.
0: Uh, he was the Road Warriors manager in more ways than one. Oh, yeah. So you talked about. Uh, um, you, talk, you talked about Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. The, the one thing he actually has in common with Paul Ellering is that they were legit managers. They were shoot managers of, oh, their, really? of their kayfabe talent. Yeah, I mean, it's unclear how tied in uh, uh, Heyman is, but he's clearly more involved in, in Brock Lesnar's well, life so than just how wrestling
1: is real. You know, like... Like hearing those stories about how Paul Barry used to take her
0: undertakers travel. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so strange that that's real. And it, the funny thing is, it does. Like I remember, I wrote this in one of my first pieces when I was writing about Hawk of the Road Warriors. That the most important thing that Paul Ellering provides in kayfabe terms is the answer to this. Like the one. Like just the kind of. The kind of uh, tricky questions that are just kind of dancing around the edge of your brain. It's not it's not just yeah. like why do you hit him with that chair? But like the the more interesting questions like do the road warriors have a checking account? You know, like you just don't <laughs> think, but the character of Paul Ellering is like, you know, he solves many, that problem. How many delta miles has Hawk <laughs> earned? Exactly. My dad actually saw Animal on a plane one time. The um Number seven.
1: Oh, I, I saw Chris Jericho's dad on the plane one time. We talked. Did for you know? A while.
0: Do you recognize
1: him? No, he saw. I was. I was. I was in uh, coach uh, on using my boingo and uh, watching uh, old Jericho and Austin promos, and he came up to me and he goes, "No, you know, I'm Chris Jericho's." Uh, and I didn't know he was like a big time New York Ranger. Oh yeah, a he's a,
0: he's a famous dude. He's a famous dude, and we just talked for a while. It was like the nicest guy ever. That's so great. I can't believe that he's actually. That he walk that he walks up introducing him as that was Chris Jericho's dad. Yeah, I think he's he looked, seemed genuinely proud.
1: And then I brought up Fozzy, and he got less proud. But he was really proud of the he's rest. Like, That's a bunch of bullshit,
0: that band. <laughs> just, <laughs> he should stick to what he's good at. He's like, uh, yeah. Then he becomes like, yeah, the, one of the dads from Friday Night Whites or something. The Fo- Fozzy is a really great lane for Jericho, though, because in like whenever they started the band, like within a couple of years, they were just automatically one of the five best hardcore bands or heavy metal bands in the country. Were they? No, not. But, but Do as I have far to as... start chilling for Fozzy, no, now? I just I'm mean that gonna... like that, like the market, like the like the audience. I mean, whatever the the heavy metal in pop culture just evaporated. So as long yeah. as they're like, as long as they have the backing of a of a semi famous person who's like their lead singer. I mean, I think it's they're I, doing all these big festivals and stuff. Like, I get hey. I, you know what it is. I think if you're like an old heavy metal guy, you're like, all
1: right, yeah, I'll just I really love wrestling, so I'll have this guy open for me so I can <laughs> it's talk a, I'm wrestling. Just the, the wrestling heavy metal, metal name about great. my, you know, like Triple H just got an award. Oh, he just got an award from like Lemmy, like yeah. the Lemmy and Dorrance. I don't know. Award. I don't know what. There's was he, a Nodwemi award. award after him that he got at like a, a metal festival in uh,
0: Europe <laughs> or something. That was the big wrestling news this week. I'm sorry, I did, I totally missed that. Oh, you missed that. Wait, I'm going to keep going through these Ellering okay, facts. Sorry, sorry. He was in the first War Games match. I don't think that counts as a surprising fact. I mean, he's, no. he was in WWE during the Attitude Era. Okay, what culture? Mm. You're very. You're living up to. You're living up to all my expectations. Oh. Okay, number five. He's stock market savvy. Let's see. Oh, there we go. Maybe that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, he was called Precious Paul Ellering, but the Precious appellation had nothing to do with appearance. It was it was based, and it was instead based on the fact that Ellering was an investor in precious metals and the stock market. Precious metals sounds like a real Alex Jones thing. To get yeah, it's really
1: really strange. Also, for like a stock market savvy for pro wrestling, just means you know a guy at E Trade and you haven't <laughs> lost all your money. Well, this
0: was way before E Trade. He carried a he carried that rolled up newspaper to the ring because that's where his stock info was coming from. Uh, during house shows, you could just read it. Yeah, and then, oh, and actually, speaking of e trade, you're absolutely right. When he returned to WWE in in '98, his persona was he was updated with the nickname Mister. Re- <laughs> referring to the then popular habit of buying internet domains and flipping them for a profit. What a shitty gimmick! This is, this is the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh man, well, well, that's like uh, I instead take of everything- IRS. He's like
1: eminent domain Eddie or something. You're just like what? Um, IRS is
0: a pretty terrible gimmick, too. I mean, if you're, buddy, if you're sitting in a pitch room, I'm if saying... If you are,
1: but that guy ran with it. I mean, that was a great gimmick for, uh, for Mike Rotunda. Well, what is micro Mike Rotunda. Rotunda, right? Yeah. Mike
0: Rotunda is one of the name misspelled in actual graphics on the screen all-stars. Like, back in the <laughs> late 80s, early 90s, there were a number of people, like, I know, like, like Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, back in his yeah. indie, back before he was a WWE, it was just, like, put Hennig was on the screen all the time. And his dad was a famous wrestler, so, like, there was not really any explanation for that um, i feel like they just got prompter guys from the venue though that day you know oh yeah they just nobody proofread i they went as close to live as you could go with tape you know yeah, they're not yeah. they're not like running any kind of final i mean final cut or anything uh, on that okay well, I'm sorry, my our internet is totally stalled out. So it's all right. What, what culture? I think that just happens whenever you go more. on what culture. What culture? you just it just stalls. <laughs> the viruses are taking over too much of the too much of the download <laughs> space or the upload space right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, there's not actually viruses on what culture. The uh, okay, so uh, let's go back to NXT. Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura uh, d- is d-
1: Nakamura. He's the greatest ever,
0: right? I mean, that guy yes. is the most fun person to watch the the reason that you know that nakamura is great is because of the number of people online and in real life who are willing to admit that they never actually watched him before he got signed by wwe yeah normally if, if they had just signed okada or something that who's like very very good too yeah everybody would keep pretending that they watch new japan all the time yeah, yeah the great thing about nakamura is everybody's totally happy to be like dude I did not understand how good he was going to be, you know, like, so good. He's, he's really, really great. And, and I I mean, he's the only person like,
1: you know, when I tweet, I like to have some spin on it, but I just tweeted King of strong style. Like, I didn't even like put it. I just like tweeted his like, that's like t- tweeting the people's champion, you know, yeah, like, exactly. I, that's how good he is. He's he, so good. He's the best thing in wrestling
0: right now. Right. He's got to be. Uh, He's he's close. Yeah, he's close. I just learned in some <clears throat> like throwaway thing on a message board that uh, that Daniel Bryan and Nakamura. And uh, and Lyoto Machida, former UFC champion, Lyoto yeah, Machida, oh, he's my favorite
1: the, UFC fighter. No, <laughs> the, I'm serious. The, all
0: three of those guys shared an apartment above a UFC gym in LA at some point, really? like ten years ago. Yeah, That's crazy. I really want to do. You know, the, I really want to do the oral history of that apartment. Just like Nakamura was terrible with dirty dishes, man. That was like that. that, been, that yeah. would have been. be so much fun. Well, I used fun. to
1: have a bit like Machida used to uh, to uh, prepare for <laughs> majesty. He would drink a cup of his own urine. That was, but I, like, what? Yeah, he, used he to do was that one in the of those. It, he was one of those guys. The, the
0: piss truthers. Like these people are around sure, no they are people that like wash their hair with there's urine same people and, like, invest it... in minerals yeah uh, it's very yeah. strange yeah
1: he uh i forget what it was he was but i was basically the bit was like that only works if you're the best fighter ever you can't be like <laughs> a like med- you can't have like a you can't be
0: like what's your record uh oh, i'm 50 50 but i still drink piss <laughs> yeah. no i see it's definitely you definitely have to be uh you have to have, you got to be like bully proof yeah exactly um but yeah, that I mean that match is really good. Aries is another one who's funny because about whether or not he'll ever make it up to the majors. I'm sure that he will, you know, at least in passing or whatever. But if uh, again, as NXT gets bigger and bigger, it's no it's no slight if that if your lot in life is to be like a borderline NXT headliner, then like so be it. Well, you know, it really
1: was cool. a weird. The only thing that was a little weird was uh, he worked kind of face in the beginning of the match. Aries,
0: yeah, yeah. I I, I know I I'm, I'm with you on this.
1: Um, and you know the other thing is like. He's like such a better version of um, the Vaudevillians, almost. Every time I see Austin Aries, yeah, because the facial he's got the cape hair. and the hair, yeah. and he doesn't go overboard with it. And then you watch the Vaudevillians, and you're like, "Oh, you guys are a cartoon."
0: Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're thankfully that the tag team division is vital enough right now that the Vaudevillians don't seem like they're totally botching that 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 debut. But in another, but like if it had been three months before now they would already be back on, like they'd be on superstars, you know, and they're not, they're not hitting, they're not hitting the, the beats quite right. Um, But yeah, that, I mean, that match was, I mean, it's, it's got, it's so weird that, that, I mean, I'm sure he's going to start wrestling. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to kind of even out. We're going to get tired of Nakamura at some point, but it's funny that like two pay-per-views or two NXT specials in Nakamura is like the most must-see wrestler in WWE. You know, it's like Brock Lesnar who obviously never fights and, and Nakamura. Yeah, I mean it's he's unbelievable. Um, he's unbelievable. Uh, Ashka versus uh, Ashka over Nia Jax, which was a really weird. I mean, again, talking about like playing face, playing heel. Obviously, like Ashka was uh, the 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 babyface in peril for this entire match. But is,
1: that, how I have I haven't seen a big man small
0: man match or small lady match work that well in a long time. Yeah, I mean it's it's a real. Uh, I was it's it's interesting how well it went over, right? I mean, it was in some ways just a very traditional match, but there's, there's something, uh, actually one of the sort of great like accidents or novelties of the women's division right now is that since they, I mean, they, they've come so far in such a short amount of time. Yeah. That, that there's, no, I mean, that, that they almost have a blank slate. Like they can go back to wrestling 101, or they can go back. They could just like yeah. they could just rework, you know, a, Tully, and a Tully Blanchard Dusty Rhodes match yeah. Yeah, or whatever, and just like like step for step, and like everybody would just be like, "That's the greatest thing ever," and it would be, you know, it yeah.
1: I mean, it was it was so it was they were so that
0: match was so fun for me. Yeah, it was. It, I thought that was really good, and the and and uh to have Ashka like get the win. I mean, and still, I mean, like I, I just assumed by halfway through that match that that Nia Jax was going to win, and that was it, and like we're going to just like get ready for the rematch. But I, they they booked it really well. Now this can stretch out longer and longer if they
1: the, want. It reminded me of The Princess Bride when uh, Carrie Elways or whatever like, Carrie tried... Elways.
0: I just watched it last week. Oh right? really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's like trying to make Andre tap out. You know the whole time. That's oh yeah. Kind of what it reminded? I I really enjoyed the match. So. Um, that was a great Andre the Giant performance. Such a weird movie. Apparently I he would make people like watch it all the time. That's yeah, what I heard. Like people that's,
0: got... I have heard that too. He was very... When he came back from making it, he would just like grab people, like grab people basically, you know, just kind of jovially by the back of the neck and make them... He would watch it like 30 times a day. I guess that's not possible, but... The trick is wine. It's a weird movie. I mean, I, I love the movie as a kid and I just watched it. I'm just in an Airbnb since I just moved to LA. And so I'm just like, there's no television. So I'm just watching... Just to have noise in the apartment, I'm just watching movies from the 80s, yeah. you know, just kind of nonstop. Because if you get more, if you get into the 2000s, I feel like if I want to watch them, I should sit down and watch them, you know, like it's kind of making a choice. But there's like Eddie Murphy nonstop. I watched Inventures... 48 in, Hours? Yeah, oh yeah. Adventures in Babysitting was shockingly good. It's good background music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Princess Bride, I remember I was just watching it and I'm just like, this was not like an indie film, like this was a real film. Yeah. And it was—it must have been fairly popular at the time. I remember like every every kid I knew liked it at the time, at least like a year later when it came out on VHS. I
1: remember my parents, bro, it was one of those videos, they're like, all
0: right, sit down, you're going to like this movie. And they were right. Yeah, it was really, really good. I wonder if there were just a lot. I, I guess I was wondering why there weren't more things like The Princess Bride. But there probably were. There's terrible versions of it. They they were really bad at at ripping things off in the 80s. Well, I think like, you know,
1: never ending story is like almost like uh, I like it, but it's it's a little poor man's princess bride.
0: That's true. Never ending story. And then you can kind of get into Disney stuff, like the Labyrinth or whatever. Like there's, yeah. there are some of those, there were more like kind of crossover. Princess Bride is the pinnacle. I mean,
1: my f- personal favorites is Willow, but I, it will still not as good as Princess Bride. Willow is terrible.
0: Willow, <laughs> Willow, Willow, Willow is trash. This is my hot take of the week. Um, uh, and then the most.
1: Willow- it's in the top five though. Top five. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of, of like hi- hyper talented uh, magical uh, little people, uh, Finn Balor lost um, the, at NXT to Samoa Joe. That finish! Holy good god! That muscle buster off the top of the cage. It was a ballsy move, considering the Muscle Buster has like put one has ended one person's career. It's he's not quite he's not quite at a Styles Clash level, but like and and don't get me wrong, Samoa Joe did like you know the consensus is there was no problem with with you know that his that early match he had with Tyson Kidd that hurt Tyson like that was just a freak accident, but wow, not according to Bret Hart. <laughs> really, Bret
1: Hart's one of the. He just like every time someone injures somebody, he goes on social media and he's like, "Yeah, it was that guy's fault." And you're like, "Shut up, Brett." That's really crazy. He did that with uh, uh, Seth Rollins too, where he's like, "Seth Rollins broke Cena's nose. He shouldn't have done that." It's so strange.
0: Like, why is this Bret Hart's lane? Like, why is he interested in that? And like, he's in- like
1: Clint Eastwood's character in Grand Torino of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That just that's it. There's no other joke to make. That's totally right. <laughs> um, is our internet actually out, or is it just my computer? I just have too many windows open. All right. Um, well, thankfully, I don't really need the internet Flying to talk about Too close about the sun, shoemaker. No, I have like forty thousand internet windows open. Um, uh, that that Samoa Joe Finn Balor match was really really good. Do Great you th- match. Do you think that we're? Uh, it, it was it was one of the few. I feel so weird hi- overhyping. I feel like I feel like I risk overhyping NXT every time I talk about them. Yeah, because I think a lot of it does have to do with the arena that they ran at, the arena or the, the the venues that they run and the quality of the film. It's just a little you know it's significantly different. Well, significantly is a weird word, but it's different than than what we're used to seeing on Raw or on the pay per views. That j- the cage match felt so much more intimate and immediate and vital. It felt like. Like a 1989 NWA cage match in a certain yeah. way, you know. But maybe that was just the setting. It was the film. I don't know. But that match just felt so much. Just like you know, I've talked five million times about the Freebirds and the Von Ericks, and that. I mean, that's that's not the the filming wasn't the same. I mean, the film. You know, if you go back, if you watch those Freebirds, that that famous Carry Von Erich Ric Flair cage match where the where the Von Ericks turn. I mean, where the Freebirds mm-hmm. turn on the Von, on on the Von Ericks. I mean, it looks like there's a Pruder film, you know, it's just like the camera is like 45 yards away and it's grainy as hell and whatever. And and that's part of why it looks so real, because it's like, man, someone's getting murdered, I think, in the background. I can't quite tell. But the
1: I think there's some stylistic things they do in the beginning, like they did the spotlight on Joe and Baylor in the beginning. And it's all dark. It almost looks like somebody's about to sing cabaret or something, but it It looks it looks cool. It does. They set it up. They set themselves up. For success, the, uh, the next day, success. you know I,
0: you know that I hate Finn Balor's entrance, his pay per view or his big show entrance. That one, yeah, it's oh. just two, it's 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 two degrees to community theater. That's what I that's what I always say. It's just so it's just a little bit too much. It's like when you go to the Jekyll and Hyde restaurant. Exactly, <laughs> I like. No one listening to this has any frame of reference what it, but like, you can imagine it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so that I mean that was a great card. Did you watch the Breaking Ground special that came on after they aired after No, I didn't see that. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you watch that and we'll either discuss it on a future show or or you know, over some soda pops at some point in the not too distant future. But it was really, really cool. It was very it was like a I think it was the sort of the, the launch for season two of Breaking Ground or sort of like whatever yeah. that is. There was a great the the greatest moment though. It's well worth watching for anybody that wants to see it, but it's kind of the the last six months of NXT are all sort of crammed into this one thing and it shows Nakamura making his making his like debut at uh, Wrestlemania weekend First of all, it has him and Triple H walking around the arena before the show with Triple H just sort of, like, telling him his ideas and then communicating when, like, I think there's... It, how's, how good is his English? It English. wasn't on the show. I don't know if they're kayfabing it. He does use a translator, like, when he's doing interviews and stuff. Really? Like, yeah, so I don't know. This is, like, the Yao Ming thing where he just, like, uses a translator because he's just, like, a, a little bit socially Great. awkward and just, that Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh But yeah, I mean, but yeah, so but he and Triple H were seemed to be communicating, or he, or at least he was just going out of his way to make it look like he understood Triple H because that's his boss. But there were Triple H is sitting backstage in whatever the NXT equivalent of gorilla position is, which seemed to be like a folding table and a headset. You know, I mean, it was very minimal. Um, But he he was there. He was sitting back there when Nakamura came out for the first time, and I was, you know, I was there in the audience. It was an insane moment. That music, it, I mean, I listen to his theme and AJ Styles' theme, like legit. Just I not think they're good. I can't believe we had some question about whether or not you were a crazy wrestling fan earlier on this podcast. <laughs> when in fact you're listening, you're like listening to wrestlers' theme songs I on the to, treadmill.
1: Well, I listen to. I was. I do warm. I, I write for not safe with Nikki Laser, but I also do warm up for our live shows and beforehand. I listen to AJ Styles' theme music to just like, to get yourself going. You know, to like, You're like Bill Simmons. You're like Bill
0: Simmons' son who walks into every room doing the AJ Styles intro. Now this is really (laughs) great. Um, But yeah, the the greatest moment of that breaking ground was Triple H sitting backstage watching Nakamura came out. Come, he watches Nakamura come out, and then he like turns to like like the cameraman or whoever's next to him, and he's just like. Well, I guess, I guess if they're holy shitting his intro music, that's a good sign. You know, and, <laughs> and it was just great. I love holy shitting being used as like he's an actor. He's apparently herb. a really
1: funny guy offstage. Triple that's H? What I've heard from people who have worked for him. Yeah. I don't know if he's like, there's a couple guys <laughs> who are like, like, like legit funny. Like Batista. I think Jericho is legit funny. Like, you know, outside of it. You know, there's a couple of guys who are. But I hear Triple H is, like, really yeah, in Jer- conversations.
0: Jericho buddy. was, I think, I think I said this before, when we interviewed him on Cheap Heat, like, didn't seem, like, he was an incredibly good guy. I'm not saying he was, like, a jerk or anything. But, like, yeah. he, he was doing a press tour. Like, you could tell he would rather be, he would rather have been home. He does a lot of st- He's, like, God does a lot of stuff. Yeah, that but, like, he wasn't, th- it wasn't, it wasn't like Rosenberg texted him, and he was like, hell yeah, I'll do your podcast. Like, he right. was there as part of doing, like, a media blitz. Right, right, right. It wasn't the happiest day of his life, I'm sure. But, man, but he was incredibly, like, just on and funny despite being like, I mean, yeah, he, he's
1: like a legit funny guy. Yeah. And maybe I'm nervous cause I made a fozzy joke and I'm afraid he's going to beat me up. Oh, he's
0: going to come beat the shit out of you. But strangle me with a scarf. Um, you know? Uh, okay. So is, is there anything else that we need to touch on? I mean, that was the NXT was really good. Now I guess there's only one thing left to do and that's make our picks for money in the bank. Can I just, before we start talk about Cesaro's intro of Jericho,
1: which he called him like, An idiot from Moronville. It was like the lamest thing. And I love Cesaro, but that was like the, it was like when in Naked Gun 2 when he goes, hello, Mr. Poopy Pants. But it was like a legit (laughs) version of that. It was like crazy.
0: There the Dan, yeah, Dan is not reading off of any kind of like script here. That was actually, that was just a straight up the (laughs) Naked Gun reference off the top of his head. Um, Yeah, I told that was, that's exactly right. It Uh, was so lame. Cesaro needs to he okay, shouldn't be doing comedy Well year. we talked about we 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 watched that 2005 Money the first ever money in the bank match uh which was at WrestleMania uh in WrestleMania 2005 which is WrestleMania 21 Good match right?
1: perfectly set up edges edge like the monster heel because they recreated WrestleMania 20, that moment, you know, where Benoit, you know, Benoit, uh, who's, you know, wrestling Selena. Uh yeah. <laughs> I was joking, but he was, like, going was a up. terrible joke. He was, sorry, that was terrible. Uh, R.I.P. But he was going up, uh, he was going up the ladder, and it was almost like that WrestleMania 20 where everyone's rooting for Benoit, and then Edge just comes in, and hits him with a chair, and then grabs the... Like you set it up like this isn't the doing stu-
0: like deftifying stun edge. This is like I'm just a dirty player in the game. Yeah, I think there were people that were making. If not, then I was just saying it out loud to people. But the Daniel Bryan, Crispin Benoit... Parallel mm-hmm. again. Let's not get into the Crispin Walk craziness, right? But like tragedy. But the uh, but but the uh, um, Cr- Daniel Bryan by all counts way better husband. Yeah, as right. <laughs> everything that everything that I've heard, you know, some rumors backstage. It seems like he's an actual nice guy. He, he actually is the nicest guy in the world. But yeah. the uh, and Brie is like. I mean, I guess think people just only know about her from I think I think Total Divas fulfills everybody's just sort of vague expectations of her. She's actually the one of the sweetest people. I've only met her a couple times, but like, you know, she's she knows Rosenberg pretty well, and and Rosenberg, for all of his pomp, is like one of the sweetest human beings, and is only friends with truly sweet people. But yeah, um, anyway, the uh, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, the. that two thousand five match Oh, there was a there was a lot of parallels between Chris Benoit and Daniel Bryan right at that period because they both had their giant shining moment at WrestleMania and then a year later we in a we're lost or we're not lost, Well, we're in ladder matches yeah, you could say for us. whatever. Huh? But
1: yeah, no that does it they definitely Daniel have Bryan the...
0: lost by winning.
1: That's true In that I see title he, match he, right. He did win um, he did win. It was it's
0: crazy. Well, that's his last WrestleMania match. Yeah, that was a good match. But it, it was, was a so really weird good match. Um, but yeah, the O five thing. I mean, it's interesting. It was interesting to see age, I mean, Edge, the difference between Edge between O five and two thousand ten. Yeah, he was Definitely much more of a grizzled veteran. Bounce. He he was better in two thousand ten. Uh was clearly on a different workout regimen in 2010. He he looked he he was not on the same he was not he was not working out with the same level of uh no. of supplements and intensity I think as he was. people forget no how
1: good Edge was cuz Seth Rollins is almost a better version of Edge in a lot of that's ways. That's a hot take. Uh yes, I want to ca- cause internet, internet controversy, but I I mean that's
0: just my personal opinion. Edge was a better Edge was a better natural heel than I think he or anybody employed by WWE quite fi- quite realized yeah. at the time. I mean and that's I'm not that's that's not I'm not knocking him he was he was going he was headlining against Cena for for 18 years you know like it wasn't like it was any sort of mystery
1: Well it was like the but, whole thing with him hooking up with Alita uh, Lita Lita. Although you look, look at wrestling's history, and you're like, not that heelish of a thing to do backstage when you consider some of the other stuff that you hear Oh down. no,
0: no, no, no! You're no. Like everybody's hooking up with everybody. That was the beginning, though, of like really the smart fan, the smart fan takeover of wrestling. I yeah. think I wrote about that. the the the, we, the bring back Matt chants were the first like open revolt that I that I could rem, that I, I mean in in the modern wrestling world, right? When yeah. The, when every single person in the arena was aware of. What, we, what like the dirt sheets were reporting well so interesting about that feud too is like it
1: almost like proved that they were better than the company so, I know that every, you know Matt Hardy basically his girlfriend fucks I don't know if I'm a lot of curse, Some curse. I don't dude. know if you
0: can talk about it if you can say
1: that but, but, we'll uh, it out. but yeah you know like whatever but because of that it was like the best thing that could have happened from cheating because both of those guys were like oh these are like legit this is yeah. like
0: maybe not main event dudes but they're a legit draw on the card I wonder if we're gonna get to a Point where wrestlers start working the companies, like if like if wrestlers. Well, Hogan's been doing that his whole career. Yeah, and not very well. But like, (laughs) is it worth the bump your career would get if like? you know Zack Ryder and whoever have like you know Zack Ryder and 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 Kofi Kingston like have like a a love triangle with somebody backstage just for like (laughs) the bump it will give their careers when it leaks out if it's if it if it leaks onto the screen as well it's a big risk because uh if it doesn't then your girlfriend just cheated on you (laughs) Well, I'm saying it's a fake, you know, if you do a fake love triangle, but like everybody oh. is, but we're, we're not just working the fans. We're not just working the dirt sheets. We're working our bosses to make them think that this is a real thing. In a lot of ways, man, all life's at work. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Um, yeah. Uh, the, so, so let's run through, okay. I mean, is there, we'll run through this and, and touch back on those old money in the banks as we get to the match. I think one of the biggest standout moments for me, or one of the biggest standout things from from Raw this week was. Oh, I mentioned the uncertainty angle. We don't know where Shane and Steph are going to go. It's crazy that Ambrose kind of took precedence over Reigns and Rollins, in that, and, and I mean, he he was the last yeah. man standing in the in the Ambrose Asylum, or is that what it's called? The, yeah, uh, that that segment, and then Paige winning against Charlotte. It was sort of like a what the fuck moment. Um, she was she's like coming back in a big way yeah i mean she deserves it she's the greatest female wrestler of all time yeah Uh, settle settle down settle down but the uh but the weird but one of the interesting things about about raw and about the the past several weeks the way they've booked this pay-per-view is that we they keep saying over and over again that ron's versus reigns is a wrestlemania caliber match last night on raw they went overboard saying that like Cena and, and, and AJ was a WrestleMania caliber match, right? Right. And yet the Money in the Bank match is clearly the main event. I mean, they're putting that it's been the the last segment for the past couple of weeks, maybe for the past month. I don't even I don't it's even remember be, back that yeah. far. Like they're really putting that over as the main event. So uh It's gonna know, be an incredible pay-per-view. It's I mean it has the potential to be really great. So I mean it's just interesting to me that they that, that like this is there's no shortage of hype for this. And for once god bless michael cole it's almost deserved i mean this is like it this feels no, like a, I mean,
1: it's uh i mean i think it's gonna be great you know i have some problems with the cena aj build but i think you know we get to see him wrestle let's run so through cool. the card and
0: we'll let, we'll get to that well because yeah. i want i want i want your i want your heel promo on this build then uh uh the, the, the pre-show there's two pre-show matches one Golden Truth versus Breezango I actually like Breezango I like I liked it I think yeah that, they
1: were good yeah I like them
0: they're um, like uh, you know it's a, it's fun to have like a dandy boy tag team yeah and I I mean I like that R-Truth I think that I think that R-Truth having to change the lyrics to his intro theme song might be like the most difficult the, the biggest thing anyone's <laughs> ever asked for him in his like 20 years of his I career he's really excited about that too maybe that, so it? um he's a really like he he rap his rapping skill is about on the level of like our parents i feel like but it's i i but i love him yeah well you try to rap in those Jenkos. Okay? yeah it's, it's difficult. i know drag the, the wind resistance is ridiculous <laughs> uh apollo cruz versus seamus also in the pre-show kind of a
1: fun feud
0: yeah i like that i i don't know
1: i mean who do you think is gonna win what's going on with Sheamus's chest is that ash or chest hair
0: I have no was idea. On his chest last I didn't even night. notice. I had a real. I was prop, watching on a like, computer screen, she so she maybe like, I didn't
1: get the full HD. And then I had a real problem because I was like, "Ugh, what's going on with his chest?" And then I was like, "Ugh." Why do I have a problem with Seamus' chest? It was like two feelings. I
0: know. I've done like I I, tw- I, I did like three tweets about Sammy Zayn's chest hair situation when he made his yeah. comeback, and then I was just like, wow, well, I'm just too much. This, this is too, much, too much. much. This is like getting creepy. <laughs> My editor's stepping in. He's just like, yeah, no more about the chest hair. Yeah, you this feel like good. a Trump at a Miss Universe competition <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter who wins in Apollo Cruz Sheamus because I have a feeling that's going to be on the pay per view next month. Like it's just right. This is the one of Baron
1: the, Corbin Ziggler?
0: Yeah. Uh, which is on this card? <laughs> Bar- Baron Corbin versus Ziggler in a Falls Count Anywhere match. I mean, I've, I forget you said
1: before where like you like Baron Corbin and I do too because he is a legit heel. He's
0: not like Kevin Owens. Yeah, that I mean, I would loves. prefer Dolph Ziggler just, hates him. Yeah, I like Dolph Ziggler. I would yeah, yeah, prefer that he destroy Baron great. Corbin and, and and get you know go somewhere. But uh, you know, this is a fun feud. I'm going to be, like, I think it'll actually be interesting to go back whenever this is over and watch all of their matches. Ziggler's almost like the
1: Pedro Morales or something of, maybe not Pedro Morales. He's gotten to a point. It's
0: it's certainly getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, Let's see, uh, Rusev versus Titus O'Neil for the uh, U.S. Championship. They're bringing, I mean, Titus O'Neil, the biggest push
1: that he could have gotten is that fatherhood commercial in the middle of it. Yeah. Comes across as the best guy ever.
0: And he just got demolished by Rusev on Monday night. I mean, on Raw. Yeah. Rusev's great. They're both great. Now, normally that would lead one to believe, old-fashioned well, that, wrestling booking, yeah. that Titus is going to get, that Titus might get the win on Sunday.
1: Um, uh, I'd say Rusev, probably. All right. Right? I don't yeah, know. Because uh, then they can do the match
0: again. Let's see. Wait, what am I looking at right well, now? I don't think both could do the match again either way. Wait. Am I absolutely going insane? What? This is AJ Styles versus Cena. All of the Wikipedia matches have results. What I just thought my like my, I haven't I thought I was having like an acid flashback. For the results? Uh, Apollo Cruz defeated Sheamus. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is not in the results section. This is just in the matches section. Yeah. The Golden Truth defeated Breezango. Zango. I don't know if we're spoiling something here. This is crazy. seeing into the future. Really? My eyes are going or like crossing. Kevin Owens. Oh, we'll we'll skip to Kevin Owens wins the money in the Which bank match. Which is
1: what my prediction's going to be. Yeah.
0: Rusev defeated Titus O'Neil. Which- Baron Corbin defeated Dolph Ziggler. Uh huh. Um. Natalia and Becky Lynch defeated Charlotte and Dana Brooke. Oh, this sounds incredibly plausible. Oh, yeah. And maybe that's why it's here. Um, the tag team match we have. I'm, I'm going to let you pick this. Uh, the club, New Day, uh, Enzo and Cass, and the Villains. I
1: think, here's the thing. Is, I think New Day, just because they want to beat the Paul London Kendrick
0: record. Um, incorrect. The club wins this match, according to oh. Wikipedia. Well, be my Now we already third. know the answer. Actually, I think you're probably right. Um, Although uh, that was a, that was a kind of a fun four way promo that they had on Monday night. Big Cass is Big Cass is a very strange talker. He's very good at talking as half of this tag team, but like I don't think he's a good. No, he's they were so
1: stupid. They tried to give him a push immediately. Away, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Enzo got hurt. Um, I had some friends texting me this weekend about how Enzo was a future champion and I that was so great yeah I mean I, it, it's weird that that isn't a surprise like if you <laughs> my friend's me that getting that six into wrestler,
1: ago, wrestling because of Enzo really he saw Enzo's promo and he's like this guy's the best
0: <clears throat> yeah it's really really impressive the uh, uh, Kevin Owens Money in the Bank ladder. Kevin Owens is the winner I think that the only I would have said Owens except that dean ambrose the way that he stood was standing over they, they Rollins need and to
1: ambrose in their back pocket as a royal rumble winner Listen, they don't I, have anyone else like because ambrose i mean if i i give him some like criticism for because sometimes in the ring and stuff like that it's like but like he gets like what he gets a legitimate monster face pops when booked correctly
0: the biggest problem with the money in the bank briefcase at this point and yeah. i'll talk about this more next week is that Every single pay per view that you watch after the Money in the Bank pay per view, and including the Money in the Bank pay per view, yeah. you, you're a you're, you're fantasy booking them run that that person running into the main event. Yeah, it's impo- So it's I almost hope that they just get rid yeah. of it on the oh, one Sunday amazing,
1: night. Amazing uh, the running. With the suitcase
0: Yeah Owens is not a guy That needs to be carrying A briefcase I mean he can pull <laughs> it off Cause like I said He's amazing But he's not a Maybe guy Maybe like that needs he'll
1: it. like Casual Like he does everything else Like I'll turn it into A Jan Sport backpack <laughs> Or something He has
0: to be a tough guy Like he's gotta do something I've seen some tough dudes With backpacks man I guess that's true um and then let's see what else so aj styles defeated john cena according to this 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 with an interference by uh finn baylor i think if that's what's gonna happen then the bullet you think they're calling finn up yeah which is an awesome But finn and aj were never were never buddies oh i guess but if the bullet club connection right well yeah right i mean but one replaced the other i guess my question is does the did the contract that he signed on monday by the way Another great unexpected twist, a contract signing that was actually worth having on television. It was cool. He had some options. Was the contract, was the fact that he chose well, the like no. A putting
1: over the whole event.
0: Just put over your feud. Yeah. But it was the fact that AJ signed the contract with just his aim- name on it. Did that mean that the club is banned from ringside? Or is that just a sort of like.
1: Well, I think that, that, that well, that's to me the argument. You ban those two from ringside. That's what, that
0: makes a lot Vin more Baylor. sense.
1: But now if WB hears my idea, they may not do it just to spite me, guys. Oh no,
0: they'll they they're they're happy to steal. That's fine, and then they should. I mean, actually, it's not it's not thievery. There's only like there's only like a hand a small set of options here. Yeah. Um. But you know, just it the the Wikipedia page that can see the future. Does not say anything about crazy. Finn Balor. What if it was like the result guy from Reddit, and he just like somehow Dolphins, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, he's a that. That would be that would be a really strange use of this WWE employee or friend of WWE employee's time to be like to become a Wikipedia mod just so you can go change this stuff. Talk but about the yeah. whole.
1: That would be the greatest reveal, like the new Raw GM reveal. Yeah, I was guy the guy is. that was
0: leaking stuff to Reddit. Right, I think I don't think it's a bad look. I mean, it's at least for like a marketing director, it's like people cared about WWE online for like the whole day of the pay per view. This is really this is a great call. Who do you think could leak it and not <laughs> get fired, Just Cena? What is the highest ranking person? I mean, clearly like a McMahon or like a. Top. You think
1: Cena would get fired if they found out he was
0: leaking? Absolutely stuff? not. No. That's the they have, they I think would, that's the only person. I don't even know if he would get formally suspended because most of their suspensions, their fines seem to be public relations measures. You know, just like yeah. we're gonna like the Titus O'Neil thing was more of like a we're setting a precedent that you can't do this sort of thing on TV, se- sending a message to the other guys in the back. But like, if they found out it was Cena, don't you think they would just call him in, and just be like, literally, dude, you can never do this again, or it's going to be a huge problem. But like, it's better, yeah. it's better if nobody knows. You know, it's way better if nobody knows. Um. And then the last match of the night we gotta we gotta put a cap on this podcast, but I can't believe it's already been an hour, but uh Roman reigns and Seth Rollins ends in a draw, according to wikipedia who do how do you think it's going to end? In a draw? what is that they both pin each other at the same time? No, I think it's just a time or i don't know do maybe double double count, maybe they brawl to the back and then they just um, gotta call. that makes
1: the that's a great booking decision, because yeah. then you don't like. <laughs> have raw yeah that's a great booking decision. They're, they're, are they doing like uh, something before Summerslam?
0: They have is there to, another right? pay per view? Yeah, yeah. On the new schedule, they're actually going to have seven pay per views between now <laughs> and Summerslam. They're having seven elimination chambers until Summerslam. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the they're yeah. Battleground is the next one. No, no. Yeah, that's right. Battleground is the is the next pay per view. So that'll be. Um, I, they'll they'll definitely do some more stuff. I think that they Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins could be your Summerslam main event, or we'll
1: we'll probably do Lesnar versus Reigns, right? Or like a oh yeah, I guess Lesnar is coming back. But if Lesnar will be coming back, are they
0: going to book Lesnar in the main event with the potential that he might lose at UFC 200 and then be? I think the smartest thing would be like
1: you could create a new start because if he loses. Or if he wins, either one, his opponent at UFC, I forget his name, Mark Hunt. Then coming, because he's like kind of like in his 12 years. At By UFC. the way, I kind
0: of, I, I gave, I don't I think I gave short shrift to Mark Hunt on, my, on this podcast last week. I, my, the case that I was making is of the of the people who have name recognition in the heavyweight UFC heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. He's the he he was probably in my in my estimation the easiest guy for or amongst the easiest guys for Lesnar to get. It wasn't going to get the road's not going to get any easier for him. Well, I mean that's name what you recognition, should, right? guys. But I talked to I talked to Ariel Hawani, I talked to some other people. There are people who are scared of Mark Hunt. He's in great shape. He's scared He can looking. knock anybody out with one punch. Yeah. Like this is a real this is a real thing. That's so the,
1: he just looks like the guy you don't want to mess with in Florida or something. You well know? or in
0: Huntington Beach. Or I mean in that's hunting, the that's yeah. um yeah, it's a it's, it's going to be an interesting fight. It would it would be but really great. Why would great. WWE sign Mark Hunt? That's what I'm thinking. Like, I said it last week. He'd oh, be he the did. perfect oh, guy. That's right. Maybe I'm the pro- I to
1: it. I just stole from you.
0: Yeah, the problem is that as I had various people text messaging me this week saying they already have Mark Hunt and it's either Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens. Like that, you know, they don't they don't need a different guy.
1: Well, I but, mean, he would immediately make Mark Hunt like if he beat Lesnar and then interfered, he like so, Samoa Joe would be stuck in, in I agree NXT forever.
0: What if they actually did an angle? Where Samoa Joe, where they told you know Samoa Joe came out and said I'm working, I'm going to be at UFC 200, and Shane or Stephanie or whoever it was came out and said, if you like, if you win at UFC 200, you're in the main event at SummerSlam, and if you lose, you're fighting Zack Ryder on the pre-show.
1: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> like they're not that, but like they could, they could like they could actually do like a choose your own adventure where his victory or loss at UFC ha- it has could a be, bearing. I mean, they
1: have to like that's the thing. If he, it's a weird thing where if he wins, he has to go over but if he loses he has
0: to lose right cuz Vince can't have him lose, lose it. at UFC yeah, and they can lose the main event. Re- rehabilit- there, rehabilitating Brock Lesnar is is about the easiest task in the world but you can't do it in the short in the amount of time between 200 and SummerSlam. So you know, yeah, it'll be a very interesting. It'll be an interesting thing.
1: We got to get I mean Heyman and him have to break up again, right? I mean they did it too they did it too fast the last
0: time around, but now I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I could see a Brock Lesnar without Heyman, but, like, unless you're actually going to F5 Heyman, like, through a table five times, I don't know what the. I don't know. From what I hear, Stephanie would have no problem with that. (laughs) Heyman Heyman might have a problem with that. Heyman's Heyman's spine might have a problem with that. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I really appreciate whoever edited the Money in the Bank uh, uh, Wikipedia page. It's so
1: believable that I'm thinking that that's how it ends.
0: Well, I think that. How is it
1: not on, like,. Bleacher report yet, or something? Well, it might be. I mean, see. by the
0: time that we actually, I, if, if I had the internet, I could tell you all about it. But uh, thankfully, it was on that page before it happened. Um, the I think this is just a my computer is terrible situation. Yeah. Somehow we're gonna have to get by without knowing the last six facts about Paul. El, the last six surprising facts about Paul Ellering. Don't tune ha- in next week. <laughs> yeah. for us we're reading. Gonna, we're gonna have so many. We're gonna have so many <laughs> facts left over that next week's show is gonna be just really incredible. Uh, any any parting thoughts about about Rob about NXT about money? I'm looking in the forward bank. to the pay-per-view Sunday. Are we doing the live streaming thing on Sunday? I have no idea what we're gonna do on Sunday. Don't don't spoil it for everybody. But we oh, might I we thought- might. Be Get around, okay cool yeah i, don't, I, don't I didn't know, know that answer. was a big reveal um
1: no i i know i'm excited for the pay-per-view man i think it's gonna be i think it's money in the bank pay-per-view i mean like i still think for my money the best pay-per-view was the 2011 like you know in a long time one where cm punk won the money in the bank so i'm I'm excited about not Money in the Bank, but he beat Cena in Chicago. So Money
0: in the Bank and the, the Money in the Banks over the years, and we saw this in the two five, the oh five that we watched. We saw this in 2010, and it's I think it's every time the ending is always a little bit of a letdown, you know, because yeah. they, they they always for for a good reason they always slow it down a little bit so you get to enjoy the that last climb up the ladder. But the, when you slow it down, you just as a viewer you're expecting that. Uh, someone's gonna come in and do something, and that's why they're going slowly. The last couple
1: know? has been what Sheamus was let down, Randy Orton, which
0: was a letdown. Oh, so sorry. Oh my God, he's Jesus falling asleep Christ. right sorry, now. Guys.
1: Jesus Christ, uh, Randy Orton, which was uh, um, I mean, it ended up being the greatest thing ever because it set up that whole Daniel Bryan run. So. I really enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, but the win was very strange. Grant- like, I think strange. I think I was running for Grantland and put him in like the like zero percent chance of winning. Category.
1: Sandow was cool. That was cool when he won, but then that ended up turning
0: into. Not great for him, I guess. But. The the now the now uh indie, the current indie wrestler, Damian Sando. Yeah. There hasn't been what's your fav, what do you think your favorite actual Money in the Bank match was? I mean, honestly, that oh five match was really, really good. It was really good. The I, fact that I mean just to see them I told you I wanted to watch the first one specifically because I wanted to hear Michael Cole trying to explain Money in the Bank, but it was King and or it was Michael Cole there too in O five. Um, Who did the, I don't know it, I think it was
1: Jim Ross Jim Ross I
0: was trying to think if Cole was just randomly there too was it in that period but anyway it he was, was just
1: standing in the corner for a contract just to hear yeah to
0: hear to hear JR explaining the money in the bank or just to hear the announcer explaining the premise to a totally just like I
1: thought there was going to be like a video
0: package beforehand but they just explained the premise and then had it happen. just had everybody run the match and they were, and it was watching these wrestlers like, fill, like pulling all these like ladder stunts they've only heard about you know yeah. or like just trying out all this different stuff it was Shelton Benjamin who was doing stuff that nobody else was doing. That was Shelton Benjamin was the reason that those matches existed. Basically, yeah, you know, so I mean, good. he could do so much cool stuff, and then something happened. He got the yips, and nothing was ever the same again. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was uh, that. Those matches were, were were super cool. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything better than that. 0-5... I mean, it's it's, some of it's really hard to because he did that.
1: He did his finisher to which one? I like the one where Mr. Kennedy won because he did the finisher to Hornswoggle off the top of the ladder. Oh yeah, and then they had the cool next night where he's like, "I'm cashing in at WrestleMania," and then cut to like four months later when Edge beats him in a match for it. Oh yeah, because he got hurt, right? Yeah, and I think it was like backstage stuff. Um, You're just a Mr.
0: Kennedy mark because he was on your other podcast. Uh, He was (laughs) was one of my. He was the only wrestler that was on my other podcast. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, Money in the Bank this weekend it's gonna be It's gonna, it might, thank you for it, having me th- thank you for coming it was we'll fun th- we'll watch it together on or offline and the uh, and I mean it's gonna be you know a Wrestlemania level pay-per-view that's apparently. right
1: well this I don't know if you knew this but this was a Wrestlemania level podcast really This well this episode I'm putting I, myself over
0: it. I really appreciate you saying that man it's all <laughs> good to me too uh, <laughs> thanks uh, thanks to the ringer for uh, hosting this uh, wonderful thing And yeah uh, and, hey uh, follow me on Twitter oh, yeah. at Germain, and
1: I have a Website. I also co- co-host two other podcasts, the Not Safe Podcast, My Damn Friends. On my website. It's all my live dates. I'm, I'm popping myself. And also, I'm doing a Randy Savage roast next Tuesday. Is he you thinking?
0: You he's dead, right? Yeah.
1: Well, we're just gonna we're bringing out the urn or no? I mean, like they do a historical roast for dead people, and is... we're, they're doing one at Nerd Melt for Randy Savage. Okay. So I might have to check this out. Where is it? It's gonna be at the Nerd, Nerd Melt Nerd Nerdist. It's where they do meltdown. Oh, it's here in L.A. It's here in L.A. Oh, wow. So it's, I can put you on the list, David, no charge. I would love that. I can even, I have a 40 hour credit. Uh, wait, I don't know. I don't need more. <laughs> I thought I had 40 hour credit for comic books there,
0: but um, they have a couple. This is the perks of hosting buy. a wrestling podcast. Exactly. I, can, I can be on the list for it to, to, yeah. to watch, to watch people make jokes about a dead dude. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> see all my Coco Beware jokes. Oh my gosh. I've heard a lot of your Coco Beware jokes. This really not good. Prime, prime material. <laughs> prime material uh you can follow me at david shoemaker on twitter check out the ringer.com it's a website that exists and it's uh, it's really awesome i've been like doing the art direction and doing a lot of the actual art for it so uh it's great that's really it has you're, nothing you're the renaissance man of the dot-com era um yeah i'm no precious paul ellering but i'm okay you know i do have a good weekend humanoids we enjoy money stacks. in the bank